And as the kids on the internet would say, he's got the cake. I wish you wouldn't have said that, Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) Like Retribution, I'm here to destroy the show from within by becoming its champion. Cheap heat, sir. Cheap heat. And Shawnee and Justin with one. I guess thank God for Hubert. This is the saddest episode of the show ever. <laughs> Neither of you know what is going on. Erica, we need you. If you're listening. Well, wet farts aside, let's keep this show rolling here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the One Fall Show. I'm your host, Chuck Bean, for a show that is part uh, wrestling discussion and part game show. We've got three contestants, and of course, I will introduce to begin with my uh, fellow judge, the uh, person that uh, actually keeps things running. I uh, Nate introduces me as the person who keeps things running, but it's really down to Erica, and we all know this, Miss Erica Bennis. I, I really like the fact that I have firmly established myself as the glue of this show, and I don't hate it. Yep. I I'm like I like it. It's fun. Uh, and I'm just, I'm just glad to be with everybody this week. It's been a week and I like to see and and be with you guys. This is, yeah, look, usually I'm not this warm and fuzzy, so I, I don't know how long it's going to last. Just fucking enjoy it. We'll wear you down. I guarantee it. If you were, if you were a professional wrestler, I would like to think that you would be announced <laughs> as the glue. That would be hilariously fun. Okay. You can't, you can't say that while I'm mid drink there, buddy. Because like now I'm now I think I'm dying. Oh boy, <clears throat> I have to mute myself for a hot second uh, to cough this out. All right. Well, while Erica is figuring that out, I'll introduce our panelists. Uh, first off, we've got one half of the Sunshine Buddies, Mister Justin Valentine. Oh man, I I'm watching. It's muted, but I'm watching Erica cough it out, and it was the most dramatic thing in the world. Thank you for that. You're welcome for that. Absolutely. The other half of the Sunshine Buddies also joining us on our panel this week is Mr. Shawnee Constant. Hey, everybody. How are we doing today? It is with great regret that I must inform you that while the Sunshine Buddies are forever, and Justin and I do, in fact, still know what's going on, today I stand before you as the $17 man. I thought you were the $19 man. Well, I was, Chuck. But I had forgotten to calculate the vig that Patreon takes from each of your members. Uh, <laughs> yes, they come so for their cut. I'm no every longer time. the nineteen dollar man uh, because of my monthly income from the Shawnee Constant Bootleg Sticker Club on Patreon. I'm officially the seventeen dollar man. Well, going from officially the $17 man to officially the undisputed intermetaversal podcast champion, our 12-time champion, Mr. Nate Bender. That is right. You may bask in my glory. I am here to uh, defend my championship. All right. Well, let's get started because what a week we've had in uh, professional wrestling this week. Um, we'll let the champ start off. We've got three rounds, of course, each consisting of three questions. The uh, Unless otherwise stated, the questions are worth one point, two points, and three points, respectively, as the difficulty goes up. And, of course, the rounds consist of Raw and SmackDown, a uh, round consisting of NXT and AEW, and a round that consists of news and notes from around the ring. Nate, where would you like to start this week? I am going to go for the rarely chosen around the ring. Okay. 
That's, uh, of course, covering Impact Wrestling and uh, all other wrestling, but mostly Impact Wrestling as far as I'm concerned. Let's start off with um, the G1 Climax uh, actually having uh, their finals as we speak just a couple hours ago. I was actually talking to Erica about this. Which two wrestlers faced off in the final of the G1 Climax this weekend? Uh, That would be Sonata and Kota Ibushi. That's correct. Uh, what do we think of uh, who here has been watching the G1 other than Eric? Oh, my Eric God. I have been watching it, and I'm so excited to talk about it. That's why I chose this fucking category first. Holy shit. There have been some incredible goddamn matches that have gone down. Kota Abushi versus Tai Chi. This match consisted of 20 minutes worth of kicks. That's it. They only threw kicks, and it was incredible. Minoru Suzuki has put on an incredible performance. I can't wait to watch this final. I haven't seen it yet, but legitimately, this is the best thing in wrestling. I love it. I have watched the final. I won't I won't spoil anything for Nate just because I don't want to be that person. I now I, I'm still a little bit behind on some of the G1 just because work has been hell. But once again, the G1, time and time again, comes through with some of the most surprising angles, some of the best wrestling of the year. Uh, I know once it's when it started, um, gosh, weeks ago, I think I put a plea out there like, look, if if you're trying to get into New Japan, this is the time to watch. And once again, it did not disappoint. Going back to what Nate said about Minoru Suzuki, I feel like he really came out. And I mean, he always comes out and just doesn't fuck around. But since he was uh, not included in last year's G1, yeah, I mean, look, he he's a man who has nothing to prove. But I'm sure he just thought to himself, like, I'm 52. I'm still going to go out there and kill some people. And I admire that as as a fan. Uh, it, it's just it's it is the best time to watch wrestling is during the G1. And I do kind of miss the fact that it wasn't in the summer because it's always around like my birthday and it makes me feel special. It makes me feel like New Japan cares about me. But because, you know, we're living in the middle of a plague, it got delayed, but at least we got it. And it's just so goddamn enjoyable. There's two points I want to talk about that have happened during uh, this G1 climax. The first is... This is this is my only piece of criticism. I'm bummed out that Jay White's most of Jay White's matches were used to further the Bullet Club storyline that's happening with Evil right now. And I, listen, I get it. That is a really good angle, but I felt like a couple of his of his matches were spoiled by by that storyline having to run through it. Uh, and the other thing that I want to talk about is Will Ospreay and uh, Kazuchika Okada, their match and the what happened after it. Uh, Will Ospreay turning heel might be the thing that I'm most excited about in wrestling, full stop, period. Um, I have been a big fan of Will Ospreay's for a couple of years now. I love his in-ring work. Uh, but I, I want to see this new vicious side of Will Ospreay come out. So excited for this. It looks like 
he's going to be starting like a new faction. And I think a new faction within the realm of new Japan, um, it's been long overdue. And I think it could really add some, some good just juju to booking and whatnot. And as far as uh, your Jay white criticism, I understand that because I know you're a big Jay white Stan. However, like as far as booking goes in new Japan, it is very much a long-term thing there will be a payoff and you know, you may be disappointed now you're going to get something good down the line. Yeah. It'll be like the highlight of the next big show for sure. Justin, Sean, anything to say about uh new Japan's G one climax is uh Sonata, the Castlevania guy. <laughs> that's Tai Chi. <laughs> tai Chi. I, yeah. That's what I was thinking. I, I like w- after now have watched in, uh, G, uh, uh, new Japan again. I'm like, that's Tai Chi's got to be the Castlevania guy. all right well let's move ahead to our second question in the news and notes from around the ring a uh, particular wrestler got married in a secret ceremony this past week who was it john cena i wonder if they got the church organ to do the the horns for him when he got married um, any anybody have anything to say about John Cena getting married? Uh, famously, he was against it during uh, Total Bellas and Total Divas. He didn't want to get married to one of the Bellas, and I saw a very funny tweet saying that uh, that that is what the fiend has how the fiend has changed John Cena. How he's going to get married? That is amazing. Uh, that's great. Roll. That wasn't my answer. I'm going to roll with that. That that's how the fiend has changed him. <laughs> um, clearly, he didn't want to marry the Bella. That was the problem because, oh boy, man, he got over it quick. He got he. Yeah. Not only did he move on to someone in in the process to marry them, but he also got over the not getting married thing pretty quick. Um, so it sounds like it was a Nikki Bella thing. Well, she caught on somewhere else, and obviously oh, she yeah. has that baby. So it's like, you know, it, it right. good, good for both of them. Clearly, it wasn't meant to be. So I've been that guy where it's like I've I've been in a relationship and going, listen, I don't want to get married. But the quiet part is to you. Yeah, that's yeah. that's unfortunate. Like, this yeah. is OK, but like you can't have my bank account. Sorry. All right, well, let's go on to the uh, third and final question in our news and notes from around the ring. This one coming to us from my favorite spot, Impact Wrestling. For three points, they've got Impact's Bound for Glory pay-per-view taking place next weekend. For three points, name any match that's been booked on uh, Bound for Glory. Uh, Oh, no. I thought this was a good question just because I'm like, uh, (laughs) oh, they're not going to know. Um, no, I do know. I, I hang on. It's um, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin versus the Good Brothers versus the North. Wait, it's a three man. It's a four man. Fuck. <laughs> I, I don't fucking know the last one. That's at least that was, that's like two thirds of a fucking point or three. I don't know what it is. That should be happening. I think that's where that's where the point at least because that that's a lot of work. That's worth a point at least. But it is not a correct answer. And really, even if it was a correct answer, because of the nature of this question, I'd love to put it around the room to everybody. So let's move on to Justin, who's got his hand up. He's apparently done his research. Justin, for three points, name us a match that's happening at Bound for Glory next week. I did my impact research. Moose versus Just name one match. Moose versus EC3. That is happening, yes. 
for three points, Justin. Uh, Shawnee, Shawnee, would you like to name any match that's going to happen at Bound for Glory next week? Kurt Angle versus AJ Styles. <laughs> oh, well, if this was about 10 years ago, you would probably be dead on, but unfortunately, it is not. But uh, thank I'm you very sure much that for happened playing. At, Bound for Glory at some point, I think he deserves at least a point. <laughs> I'll give Shawnee one point for that. Is Heath Slater and Rhino booked somewhere on this mess of a card? Because I did see I did see a Twitter rundown of this. That's why I knew like a quarter of that match. But like they they stood out. I was like, oh, good to see that they're still getting booked. I'm glad to see that. There is a match in this uh, that actually I think is some great booking that is called the uh, Call Your What is it? The Call Your Shot Gauntlet that Heath Slater and Rhino are in. And the story for Heath so far is a couple of weeks ago, he showed up uh, with a list of demands for his Impact Wrestling contract, and they would not meet his demands. They were going to give him significantly less. That's pretty good. Uh, that's pretty right. That's, that's good. <laughs> so uh, what Rhino has done as a, as a good friend is put his contract on the line, but Heath doesn't know it. So if him and Heath win, then Heath will get his contract. But if him and Heath lose this gauntlet, then Rhino is gone. All right. Okay. I think that's a pretty good booking. It's overly complicated. That adds stakes. Can I give a compliment to Impact? Uh, just to get back on Erica's good side. I will say the storylines are very unique and interesting and well put together. I will say that. I just think the people executing the storylines, both on a promo and segment basis, suck at selling it. I will not defend the fact that it is uh, flea market wrestling as far as your in-ring product is concerned. There are people who are in impact that obviously could move someplace else on based on talent alone very quickly. In fact, this week there was a match between Kylie Ray and I believe Kimberly and Kylie Ray was in a different gear than Kimberly was. It was painfully obvious, but at the same time, eh, it's fun. And nothing else is on Tuesday. If you moved any other show to Tuesday, Impact's ratings would just bottom out. All right, Erica, at the end of three rounds, where do we sit as far as points are concerned? As of right now, we have Nate in the lead with four points, followed by Justin with three and Shawnee with one. And before moving on, uh, I just want to say to Justin, you can never stay on my bad slide for too long. You're too sweet. Come on. You, you will you will sweet. you will annoy me for like a minute and then it's just like it's Justin. I can't be mad at you forever. Come on. <laughs> All right. Too well Sean is he, Yeah, exactly. He's too sweet. <laughs> well, too sweeting in the chat. None of you can see it, unfortunately. But um Shawnee, you've got control of the board. Where would you like to go as far as Raw and SmackDown or NXT and AEW? Let's go with Raw and SmackDown. Sounds good. So Monday night, uh, we, of course, finished up the uh, the draft, got to see where everybody is going to stand. But we were also treated to a fantastic triple threat match uh, between AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, and Jeff Hardy. Before that match was over, what returning superstar made his presence known to give AJ Styles the win? I do know the answer to this one. And I was shocked by how over this move was. But uh, the return of Elias with his guitar. Loved it. Yes. Absolutely. Elias going full on honky tonk man with his guitar on Jeff Hardy to give AJ Styles the win. Also announcing he's got a new album called The Universal Truth coming out in October, which is about a year from the last time he released actual music. Did anyone listen to his first album? Because it was delightful. Oh, God, no. No, absolutely did. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. That's not what I'm tuning in for. Like, like I like no. the bit with the guitar and singing on the show, but I'm not going to go download an album. Like, listen, man. When I was 12, I owned the Hel- the the Hulk Hogan album, and that's the driver. The, yes, Look, and that's that's the only wrestling music I've ever owned in my entire life. When I was eight, I bought the John Cena album. Okay, when he that was good stuff. Yeah, but Elias, it's a gimmick. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not for it. I'm not listening to it. Can Hopefully, I just say- Elias doesn't uh, grow up to be a huge racist, Chuck. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Absolutely fair. <laughs> Uh, I, I just I, I do want to say because he doesn't get complimented very often and rightfully so. But Kevin Dunn and the way that, you know, like it was just off screen, the guitar exploded. And so you saw this sort of like wave of motion before you even saw Elias. It was maybe perfectly framed. It's one of the best shots that I've seen in all of professional wrestling, when he gets it right, he absolutely gets it right. When he's not switching camera angles every three seconds, yeah, or, or making or moving that camera around, yeah, or making the dudes zoom in and zoom out with every chair shot. Like, come on, dude! Like, yeah, there's 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 adding motion and framing, and then there's too much, and you're doing way too much. And then sometimes there's just whiffing on a great aerial move because you're yes. using some wonky ass camera. No, that's that's absolutely true. But I think in terms of this week's RAW, you know, we have been on a legendarily bad RAW run, and. <laughs> Part of this speaks just to how bad it's been, uh, but I, I was really excited to see Elias show up, and I do like that they've reframed things with this idea of a new season because there was so much junk that they were ha- uh, forcing themselves to try to tie together. Uh, I frankly say just cut a lot of it, boom, gone. Like I don't care the fact that um, uh, uh, the uh, those clowns in the masks uh, – Retribution. Retribution. Thank you. Yes, retribution. Uh, see how memorable they are. Uh, you know the fact that their story is untenable. I don't even care. Just get these guys in the ring. Get them on the mic. Yeah. Let's let's let them congeal into whatever they're going to be going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Raw was a lot of fun this week, and uh, oddly, I was shocked by how excited I was to see Elias show up. Yeah, I, <laughs> when I was watching, I felt watching Raw the way I've been feeling watching SmackDown for a while. Um, new season, they start a lot of new stuff. And Nate, you took the words right out of my mouth with that camera shot and Elias with his return with the guitar. That was beautiful. That was yeah. set up beautifully. And I was going to make that point, Nate, you stole it from me, but you were 100% right on that. See, not only do you get a wrestling uh, discussion podcast, sometimes we talk about television production. Yeah. We know we know a little bit about that. Can we talk about Elias's motivation for attacking Jeff Hardy not making any fucking sense though? Because it's Nobody been told him. It's, he's been in the hospital. Nobody told him that Jeff wasn't driving that car. Oh, bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> it's a unless new season. You, unless unless we're doing a coma angle with Elias, which, you know, if if you're going to do that, give him the like gold dust Tourette's gimmick as yes. well. Like why not, you know? See, I subscribe to the like uh, the cartoon view of things. Like, no matter whose face explodes, they just bounce back the next day. I just don't get caught up in all the long-term story stuff. Like, uh, I remember an episode of uh, of uh, Married with Children ended, and they were all chimpanzees on the couch. 
And then the next week they weren't chimpanzees anymore because it would have been ridiculous to continue with the chimpanzee storyline forever. I mean, there's, there's a difference between a throwaway joke and like the core motivation for someone doing or attacking someone. No doubt the WWE's writing sucks. <laughs> and with that, we will move on to our second question in the uh, Thunderground Underdome here on Raw and SmackDown. So Lana, also on Monday Night Raw, winning a number one contender's Battle Royal, scoring her a shot against Asuka. She ended up sitting out most of the Battle Royal after being grabbed by Nia Jax and put through the announce table, which has happened for how many weeks in a row? I believe this was the fourth week. That's what I've got here. This is the fourth week in a row that Lana has been picked up by Nia Jax and Samoan dropped through the table. What do we think the end game is for putting Lana up against uh, Asuka, especially considering that Miro has debuted in AEW? I mean, Asuka has got to absolutely kill Lana, right? I mean, it would be an absolute disgrace if Lana puts up any kind of a fight. Um, the most interesting thing about Lana right now is this streak of getting put through the table. It's something that uh, those of us who have just sort of rolled our eyes so far back in our heads that we've tuned out suddenly like, oh, that's actually kind of interesting. That's now something that I it, it's worth watching Lana every week if she's going to end up getting put through a table. That's kind of fun. That's kind of unique. Uh, in terms of her presentation as a character, it's just non-existent i don't i don't think you can give her a push as an in-ring performer based on this and if they did it on the back of oscar i'd be furious i think lana is officially just being turned into a routine jobber because every serious storyline whether it's as a manager they try to convince us she can wrestle she's not good she's just not good period she's not good on the mic she's not good in the ring and that's it. And I, I don't think it has anything to do with Miro and AEW. I don't want to make that comparison because they're married because Miro's a damn superstar and Lana is far from it. So I think this is what they got for her. We're just going to do this to you. And I think Asuka's going to blow right through her. And, hey, Nia Jax might come out and throw her through a table just for the hell of it. But she's she needs to just be a jobber. Do not give her any serious angle because that has failed every time you did it. Yeah, Lana sucks, like, I think very definitively in the ring. That has been well-established. And especially putting her up against Asuka, who has been the workhorse of the pandemic for the WWE women's division. There's there's no question who's coming out on top of that one. Here's the thing, though. I, I really do think that they are burying her six feet deep, and I don't think it has anything to do with Miro. I actually think it has to do with all of the backstage drama that she sparked with the Bang Energy Drink promotion that she was doing on, uh, or sponsorship that she was doing on her Instagram, which really gave rise to WWE taking notice and subsequently trying to take over WWE superstars, Twitch channels and uh, sponsorship uh, opportunities outside of the company. And I think that there's probably some, you know, some backstage heat on her. There's probably heat with the locker room as well. I think that this is just going out of their way to bury her. If it's not symbolic in the four announce tables that she's been put through, it sure better be clear at the end of this match with Asuka. If they put her over Asuka, 
I think I might be done watching wrestling. Like that is <laughs> that it's just so sad. I may I may have to just cancel all of my subscriptions and only subscribe to to New Japan. It's a new season, Nate. It's new era. We're building new superstars, and none of them. Lana is not one of them. I don't give a shit what you. There are that listen. There is no shortage of female talent in that company. You want a superstar to build around? Build around Ruby fucking Riot. She is awesome, and I love watching her wrestle. Do not build it around Lana. You've tried multiple times. It's never worked. She's been in the dumbest fucking angles on the program. Just find a way to write her off of television for a while. All right. Well, let's go to our third and final question in the uh, Smack Raw category between uh, Raw and SmackDown. This one also going to Shawnee. He's uh, opportunity to sweep the uh, category here for three points. Seth Rollins on a tear this week. Of course, he had that fantastic triple threat with AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy on Raw. And then Friday, Daniel Bryan appearing to be the next target of the now Friday Night Messiah. During a verbal confrontation, Bryan told Rollins his fight for the greater good was a little bit dumb, but he also referred to it in uh, three other adjectives. Can you name those three? This is a very, very arcane question, Chuck. Uh, Cheesy, uh, hokey, and... um, Fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> While all of those are correct as far as the uh, fight for the greater good, none of them were things that Daniel Bryan actually said on SmackDown. So let's take it over to Justin. Uh, do you have any of the descriptors that Daniel Bryan assigned to Rollins' fight for the greater good? I'm sorry, Shawnee. The question wasn't how stupid is this question. The question was Daniel Bryan. Um, wow. <laughs> um, Got his ass. <laughs> um, I, I I don't know. I don't. You got nothing. I, I I can't remember that much detail. Come on, champ! You didn't memorize <laughs> Daniel Bryan's script from SmackDown this week. <laughs> hey, it's a three-point question for a reason. Uh, Nate, do you have an answer? Um, I think I have two of them because I think okay. the, the exact phrasing was uh, short-sighted, self-indulgent, and frankly, a little dumb. Yeah, that's uh, that's two out of the three. So uh, we'll give you a point for each of those. Yeah, I'll take them. Uh, the other one was self-centered, uh, and of course, just kind of a little dumb. Um, I'm kind, frankly, I'm excited to see uh, Daniel Bryan's versus Seth Rollins. It's something that we probably haven't seen since the uh, since Team Hell No fought the Shield. What about you guys? Oh yeah, uh, dude, I think that this is a great move specifically for Seth Rollins. You can still kind of play out whatever is going on with the Mysterios through Buddy Murphy. It seems like that's where they're they're kind of taking the direction and the focus. The creepiness of that storyline aside, Seth needed something new to focus on because if he kept going after the Mysterios and if he kept going after Murphy, it would just become this very sort of circular thing. Clearly, Rollins and Murphy have a confrontation that's coming. I'm here for that. I think those two guys are really, really good. But what's better than Murphy and Seth Rollins? Dude, Seth Rollins and Daniel Bryan, for sure. This is going to be fun. Look, I I love it. I love A, Seth Rollins moving on to anything else but that. Um, But I think it shouldn't have happened yet because 
as much as I hate the Mysterio storyline, there is a there still is a damn good match between Murphy and Seth Rollins and feud or rivalry. How long, however long we're going to do this, to be had. And to me, it doesn't make much sense to have this segment with Daniel Bryan and then here come the Mysterios afterward and then Murphy and Murphy attacks Seth and it just gets a, it's too much at once. This could have been held off until after we do Seth and Murphy. Do that for a pay-per-view. Set up Daniel Bryan and Seth for a future program. I love this. I can't wait for this match, and I can't wait for Seth to never speak the name Mysterio again. But storyline-wise, it does. there's too much going on at once. I'll be honest with you, Justin. I think that that specific scenario overworks Murphy. Because I think while Murphy is good, I think he's best in limited doses. Cause if you were watching two Oh five live, when he had his cruiserweight reign, he got very boring, very, very quick. So I think the idea is to move the storyline forward with Murphy and the Mysterios, keep Seth busy for Daniel Bry- with Daniel Bryan, and then have Murphy and Rollins kind of rejoin in a feud a little bit later down the road, maybe rumble, maybe even WrestleMania. I think that this is the perfect example of what I was talking about with the, the reset of the new season being announced and the way they've essentially, we've, they've only murkied up the waters uh, of the Mysterio Seth Rollins situation. You know, we don't really know what fate is going to befall any of them, but we've added Daniel Bryan in the mix. And I absolutely love that. Um, you know, speculation of any direction uh, we can go could get me interested on a whole bunch of different levels. But the fact that next week, it's not going to be the exact same story. We, you know, as we were seeing on raw week after week after week, I at least have that reprieve. It gives me a little optimism. Uh, the idea of a Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan, long-term feud is phenomenal. Love it. That two of the best wrestlers in the game, Seth Rollins, uh, his characters aren't always a 10, but he shifts his characters so often and so well. I think that's another perfect moment here where he's going to be able to just do as he sort of did and completely drop the Monday Night Messiah thing. It allows him then to take on whatever new personality traits he wants while ditching the ones that are inconvenient. And uh, he's he's made this kind of transition many times, and I, and I trust he's going to do great work on SmackDown. I'm very excited excited for this. All right, two rounds up. Erica, where do the points stand? Uh, we have Nate still in the lead with six points, followed by Shawnee with four, Justin with three. All right, well, Justin, you get first crack at the Wednesday Night War of AEW and NXT. And let's start with AEW. They've got a new addition to their women's division, which wrestler revealed that she is officially signed with the promotion. I don't got this one, Chuck. You don't got this one at all, huh? I feel like Shawnee. I'm re- I'm real high right now, Chuck. No, I. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I told you guys before we went on that for some reason Wednesday night stuff did not stick, at least for questions. And this is one. Yeah, this this is a worst case scenario for you, Justin. Yeah. Let's throw it over to uh, Shawnee. I believe you're the next uh, lowest in points. So uh, who announced that she is now AEW? (laughs) 
a whole lot of silence over this chat. <laughs> I got nothing. No, that's a, that's a five count on you uh, as well, Shawnee. And it's all up to you. It's, it's the one point question, the hardest question we've got in this uh, particular category. Mate, who announced she is officially signed with AEW? Dude, I saw this like four different times on like what culture and then fucking uh, wrestle talk. And uh, I'm sure WrestleMania covered it as well. But you know what? It flew right by me. It, oh, no. I, yeah, I didn't. I, it's like I'm like yeah 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 whatever AEW picks up a new signing who gives a shit uh I, I don't the last one I the last name I remember is Serena Deeb that is unfortunately not what I, I know have it's here. not I know it's not I didn't Mark even down. I didn't even see this like it wasn't Mark on the show Jade. correct it wasn't set on the show no no yeah. it was it was it was not set on the show yeah because I didn't see. I didn't even see this. I didn't run into this at all. Mark the date. This episode of the One Fall Show is the first ever where we do more about impact wrestling than AEW. Uh, <laughs> uh, Elise. Elise is the uh, answer I was looking for. Uh, right. Um, okay. and while we're talking about the AEW's women's division, who's been your favorite as far as uh, their women's division is concerned? <laughs> <laughs> That's an even harder question. <laughs> No. How is that a harder question than the one that had an actual fucking answer? Um, I, I like Abaddon, but you guys know I'm in for spooky bullshit. They don't so. take the women's division seriously, in my opinion. They don't give them enough TV time. They don't give them good stories. Uh, they give them a mat. They, it feels like they force their match length a little bit just to say that they gave them X amount of TV time. Um, and there isn't good writing within that match. Uh, they got some some talented girls there. It's not a knock on them. To me, it's more on the writing. They don't take their women's division seriously enough, I, and they I, don't give it enough attention. I think a lot of the women that AEW have picked up have been very green, and you can just see that in a lot of their matches. There's a couple of tent poles there. You know, Dr. Britt Baker is pretty good. She cuts a better promo than she does, you know, than she works uh, in the ring. Um, but I got to say, the the women's division is very weak. I understand why they only give it, you know, maybe 10, maybe 15 minutes, maybe an entire segment, but only one on Dynamite. I think that they need to fill up their ranks with more seasoned talent. Um I don't know that Ivelisse is that. Uh, I know that she's been around for a while uh, and and that she's had good matches. Um, but wasn't it her that that ended up sandbagging Thunder Rosa a couple of weeks ago on uh, on on Dynamite? And they had that awful match. No, that's a different girl. And her name escapes me right now, but I'll look it up. It was like, it was whoever it was whoever Ivelisse tagged with in that tag term. Yeah, yeah, that's who it was. But anyway. Uh, Thunder Rosa, I think, has been the most talented person, the most talented woman to enter an AEW ring. And, you know, she's with the NWA. So I, I, I just stop putting Big Swole on television. That's the thing. Like, Big Swole, I think, is doing active damage to the reputation of their women's division just because the last three things I've seen her in have been bad, just actively actively bad and i'm not just talking about spots but just the logic and the psychology of the match have been bad but i think you go to the writing then 
That's and that's what I was saying is I don't think it's any of the talent per se. I do agree they got a lot of green superstars. I do agree with that, but I think the writing it's just not there. I don't think uh, no no no. I don't think almost like two thousand five. WWE women's division, right? Where they're trying to start to take it seriously, but they don't get it yet. And I think that's where AEW stands. But AEW has been very public and open about the fact, like we don't have writers. We have, we book angles, we have bookers like, you know, and that's basically Tony Khan and that right there, that's the finish. Like that's, you know, you, you get the start, you get the finish most of the time from the booker and then you fill in the rest. And to me, Big Swole's matches, not her promos, her matches have been god awful. And I'm just like, like miscommunicated spots, um, you know, just shit that looks bad doing stuff that she doesn't know if she can do or not on live television. That has got to stop. Like, that's just it's rookie stuff. She just needs a couple of more years in, you know, on dark or you know, to have to kind of iron out these problems. She has talent. I'm not saying she doesn't. I'm just saying stop putting her on live television and having her have four to seven botches per match. And the matches are only going 15 minutes. <laughs> this may be a minority opinion, but I think that they've really been missing out with the absence of Chris Statlander. I love what Chris Statlander brings, and I think that it would it would give some sense of something to the women's division in AEW. Uh, now it is almost a whole different dimension of like whimsy. I, I, I suspect it's the kind of thing that Nate would not be a fan of, but at least it would then give a sense of something. Right now, it just feels like there is a match thrown on once a week, and it's kind of there unless it's Thunder Rosa, and yeah. uh, that's that's tragic. Listen, uh, and to Chris Statlander, it's it's a sure it's a goofy gimmick, and I'm not totally in love with the goofy gimmick. But her work in the ring was very good. I enjoyed watching her matches. I'm with you there. So you know, as long as you're putting people in the ring that I enjoy watching, I can get through the the bad promos. I can get through kind of the jank of you know this is really they're starting into their second year AEW is so far ahead of where they should be as a second year wrestling promotion and and some of their decisions are just they're clearly you know they're clearly a second year wrestling promotion but it's it's very clear to me that that big swole has talent it's just she needs to mature a little bit more well i agree the women's division is it needs a lot of improvement. There's been a lot of just unfortunate timing of different injuries. Chris Stadlander getting injured and I'm pretty much being on the shelf for a year. I think she had to get, um, um, her, she tore her ACL and like, she was definitely going to be one of the top talents. Uh, Britt Baker, obviously another significant portion of, of that division. And then she was on the shelf for a while. I mean, from my understanding, this women's division was going to be featuring on a very significant basis, uh, Joshi wrestlers. Um, obviously with the pandemic that has hindered a lot of traveling, um, you have somebody like, Oh gosh, cause they had to drop uh what's her name. B Priestley was B. part Priestley, of that division. Yeah. Um, right. But once again, travel couldn't she couldn't come to the states there's been just a lot of very unfortunate 
uh, circumstances. Uh, it doesn't excuse a lot of the stuff we have been seeing, but it's it's one. It's 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 taken a lot of part of like the the heads of this division, you know, on the shelf or out of just that they just they just couldn't. So they had to roll with a lot of people who are very green. Um, from what I understand, too, that second show that AEW was going to do, it was going to be an hour-long show, and I think that was going to be just for the women's division. Oh, wow. So, you know, there's a lot. Basically, like, they, do they need to improve? Yes. But they have been dealt a lot of shit. And no, it's been just, a perfect storm of bad stuff, bad luck. Yeah. No, you, you, yeah. I... I, I, I I think that you're right. Here's here's the one thing that I will say. Then what they need to do is they need to invest in one singular talent to build the division around. And you need to open the wallet. Like I, Tony Khan has obviously opened the wallet for some of these large, you know, former WWE acquisitions, right? Like John Moxley was looking for a place that he could take his thing, but like obviously they're not gonna like shortchange him either. They need to pay someone who is there to be a star and to be your women's division star. Then that way, if you're kind of taking some of these, you know, some of these greener women that are, you know, have promise and have talent and you're building around them. I don't know who that name is, but like WWE did it with Charlotte Flair. Like it was clear that they built around her and they got talent, whether it was bringing in Asuka from Japan or whether it was cultivating really, really good talent alongside Charlotte in NXT, but they were able to make it happen. And they kept Charlotte off of live television until she was ready. So I think that those are some of the key things like they might be able to do it with someone who's there, but it's not going to be Penelope Ford. It's not going to be big swole. It's, you know, it's, it's gotta be someone who is able to, to pull it off. I think they tried initially with Britt Baker and then realized this is not going to work because she just didn't work as a baby face. So, yeah, I, I agree. Listen, I agree with you that there's a lot of challenges and they were dealt a lot of blows in their first year to really getting a women's division on track. But I think what they need to do is take someone and and, you know, just plant a flag in them and go, this is our fucking star. Push them to the moon, build the rest of the division around them. All right. Well, no one got the first answer, so we'll move on and uh, give it back to Justin for the second question as far as the Wednesday Night War is concerned. This one also coming to us from AEW. They announced a new tournament kicking off next week on Dynamite. For one point each, what will the term tournament determine, and on what pay-per-view will the opportunity it's determining take place? So the tournament is for a shot at the world title. And when is the world title match happening? Right. Um, Because I know that isn't the final at their next pay-per-view. So I don't know because full gear is the final. Correct. Or is that the title match? I'm going to say full gear because I don't know. But I think that's the final. Am I wrong? I'm going to I'm going to concede this one to Erica. What do you think? Is that our correct answer? Yeah. Like he said what? I was looking for. So yeah, it's determining the number one contender of the AEW world championship. And that the final happens taking... at full gear. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's happening at full gear. So, boom. Okay. Okay. All right. Two points for Justin. Um, Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page both in this tournament. Do we think that's pretty much where they're headed for the final as far as this is concerned? It better be. I mean, I think it's got uh, some good matches on there, some entertaining matches, some cool you know angles to roll with for a tournament, which is why I like tournaments at times because you can put some fun you know pairings together. But big picture, that needs to be the storyline leading that into a world title picture. I think that's a win if they go that route. And if they go a different route, I'm worried, you know, because this is, you know, you got to get things going. Moxley's held that title forever to keep bringing up that he's undefeated in 2020. Give him a good storyline, right? Give that world title a damn good storyline because he, I mean, and Erica, your boy, you know, Kingston's doing fantastic, but I just feel like, that world title storyline, it doesn't feel like the main event storyline. It, it, it hasn't. You know, I feel like Cody Rhodes and Chris Jericho always feel like the main storyline more than the world title. Even f- Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara feel like a bigger storyline the way they treat it than the world title. So I think that's the story that needs to come out of this tournament because that world title needs a damn good storyline because they haven't had it in a while. I think that the AW needs Kenny the Cleaner. I think Kenny Omega needs Kenny the Cleaner. Uh, I don't think he's resonated nearly as much with an American audience as he did with the Japanese audience. Uh, thankfully, he's assembled this really great cast around him, and so AEW is a fantastic product. But I think that there's a whole other level that can be achieved, and Kenny needs to find that gear. Kenny the Cleaner is the most obvious path to take on that. Justin was talking about how tournaments can be fun. I I am very excited to see the Lucha Brothers face off against one another. I think that is going to be a hell of a professional wrestling match uh, and Luchador wrestling done at the highest level, something that we don't really see in the WWE, and that's going to be fun and refreshing. I'm excited for this, but I'm going to throw out a question. And I might be wrong because I'm not the biggest Kenny Omega historian, but is Kenny Omega just reenacting a lot of the high points of his Japanese career in AEW? Because this feels a little bit like the Golden Lovers condensed, the Golden Lovers breakup condensed into a G1 face-off. Anyone else? Because Um, I might be kind of crazy, but like, it seems like, that's what we've been building towards. And if that's the final, that's fine. I, it's interesting. Um, I just, I, I, you know, like I, I, like I, I get it. Kenny, you got over in Japan with a tournament. You think maybe that's the way to get over here. I don't know, man. I think Kenny Omega's booking has been a mess since AEW started. It may be long-term storytelling and I'm willing to be open-minded to give them that. Uh, but it just, it seems like, you know, like I've seen this before, but it was better. I understand where you're coming from parallel wise with the storytelling. Um, and I think that I'm not crazy. Am I like, no, 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 you're not crazy. Trust me. If, if you were crazy, I would have led with Nate, you're fucking crazy. Um, what I feel like is happening here when AEW became a thing, you know, Kenny was kind of coming off his just crazy run in Japan. I think everyone anticipated him just being pushed to the hilt as soon as everything launched. And I think they kind of wanted to pull back 
just so it didn't look like, oh, we're just going to push Kenny. because just, he's yeah. So I think they've purposely kind of held off on any sort of solo push on him purposely. Um, and I understand why. Because if you allow Kenny Omega to be fully Kenny Omega, he is the biggest star on any roster it, without question. Like, it, they're, like it, he... Okay, before little inside uh, for everyone listening, we talked about how like there's really few rock stars anymore. Kenny Omega is a rock star. He's amazing. And I feel like if you would have led with that from the get go, you wouldn't have had a chance for like a Darby Allen to push through or an MJF to really kind of establish themselves. Um, so I think they've purposely held this off. It sort of is. You know, Golden Lovers E, but I don't think exactly. I do feel like Kenny is like a logical next push for the title. I would be shocked if he didn't hold the title at some point. I don't know who else could really beat John Moxley at this point, unless they are setting up like an Eddie Kingston thing, which I would love. Uh, but for I, you know, it's just, well, I mean, no, 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 because he's an, he's he's a remarkable. This is a wrestling podcast, Erica. Wrestling he is a remarkable, engaging talent. You can't tell me that when he shows up on the screen, you go, something's happening. And I love how attention. he ended AEW. When he ended that show, yes, with the rear naked choke, he had yeah. the hook sunk in, proper form, staring at the camera like a madman. That was beautiful. beautiful. Yes, yes. He got me to invest in a match that I saw three weeks ago. Right. I did have the same thought though, like uh, this particularly watching AEW is who who can possibly uh, take the belt off John Moxley and make me continue to care about it? Uh, and I don't have an answer to that yet, but I think that they do have a strong roster full of people that could yeah. step up at any moment. It should be Omega or Kingston. It will be Cody Rhodes because that's where AEW goes. Yeah, this is really an unfortunate case where without having the barometer of the audience we're kind of screwed, right? Like sure. you sort yeah. of have to know. I, I, I think legitimately we'd be at a phase where crowds would be starting to ebb a little bit on John Moxley just because you have a sheer, sheer exhaustion about cheering for no matter who it is for a long enough time. And we'd be experiencing that week to week. And so we'd have really strong opinions of who should be in that hunt. But we don't have that opportunity, unfortunately. Isn't it weird how like, our our modern perception of time is is so different. Bob Backlund held the WWF title for what like seven years or something. Sure, you know, like, and now yeah. we're like, oh, I'm sick of Moxley. I've seen him for eight fucking months. <laughs> but you're right, though. I am. I am sick of him. It's a different. It's a different time because you didn't get weekly television. When, weekly television. Uh, and also the expectations for any TV show or any show period is way higher. Okay. The quality is expected to be higher writing wise. I don't, uh, you know, you look at old wrestling and you know, even the attitude era, like, yeah, you had Austin was great. Rock was great, whatever. But within that was a lot of cheesy bullshit that would never get over in, in any pr uh, promotion in 2020. Never. So the expectations are just a little higher. Well, I'm glad 
Justin, that you brought up uh, high expectations and fantastic production because our third question, which you still control the round for, is all about that. Like a gimmick turducken, NXT's Halloween Havoc will see the return of the spin the wheel, make the deal from WCW to help determine match stipulations during the show. There are 11 possible stipulations on this wheel for three points. Name any three of them. First of all, hashtag segues. You should be on there somewhere, buddy. <laughs> Secondly, um, so I saw that this was a thing. I'm kind of getting over them using all a bunch of old WCW and WWF stuff, but okay. Um, I did not see any stipulations. Any stipulation, I'm going to throw. I didn't see, so I'm going to just shot in the dark. One hand tied behind your back. Uh, that's not one of them, but okay. keep guessing. Keep guessing? Sweet. Um, yeah, you get three guesses. Three guesses. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, let's go Let's go basic and just let's call it um, a, a street fight. Street fight, street fight, street fight. Uh, well, false count that, anywhere. False count anywhere? Like no, that. unfortunately. Unfortunately, none of those actually making the uh, the list. So let's shoot it on over to Shawnee Constant. Name any three of the possible 11 stipulations for one point each that will be part of Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal. Ooh, um, two men enter, one man leave. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> that's, unfortunately, that's no, it's, Isn't um, that the running man? No, no. Uh, <laughs> Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh, an eye for an eye match. Eye for an eye match. <laughs> Thankfully, it's not on this list. Thankfully not. Oh man, that was no. good. That was that was some good shit. What are you talking about? Um, we have a fake eyeball. It's right next to the P. Cup of P. Yeah. What did you say? A cup of P. <laughs> cup of P. Yeah, the cup of P. The cup, cup of pee, pee, a cup of pee, the match, cup Chuck. of pee match. Yeah, there <laughs> the you go. Match. Yeah, there. No, unfortunately, none of those. None of those are correct. Zero, zero. Cup uh, of pee thanks. behind glass. There you go. Yeah, in case of in case of pee joke, yes. glass. Right. Uh, it's a, that's a callback. That's what they call it in comedy. Nate, uh, guess any three of the eleven possible stipulations that will be on this wheel. <laughs> Excuse me. Let me get out my podium. Hashtag. What the fuck is a TLS match? I know what a, a TLC match is. I don't know what the fuck a TLS match is, but that's one of the fucking <laughs> options. All right. The best stipulation ever in wrestling ever. Coal miner's glove on a fucking pole. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Do you do you want to put another guess in there for that third point? Oh, uh, boiler room brawl. Call back to uh, hashtag mankind. Oh, absolutely. They better do that. There, there are some great ones in here. Uh, Erica, I'll let you decide if uh, you want to give Justin a point for this. There is a trick or street fight. I, I was going to try. Street fight. Oh, excuse me, sir. I was going to fight. give you a point. I was going to give you a point. I okay. was going to update that. You flow off the goddamn handle, though. Now I'm questioning whether or not I want to give it to you. Well, well, no, I we am. don't know I what. It, I mean, is a trigger street fight an act? Like, is that just a street fight, or is it a a, a, a gimmicked street? Probably going to be a bunch of jack o' lanterns. <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah, get yeah, that yes. in a street fight. As as Jim Cornette says, are we putting a hat on a hat? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> They're definitely doing that because because fight. here's the thing: if you had told me that the WrestleMania 12. Roddy Piper gold dust match was a street fight. You would be wrong. That was a Hollywood backlot brawl. 
Right. One of my favorite memesters uh, took a picture of Hornswoggle, put Jim Cornette's face on it, and gave him a little ping pong racket and called him uh, <laughs> Cornswoggle. I thought that was very funny. <laughs> God damn! I love the internet. That's the internet's great. Fantastic. That is great. So I take it that we're not all fans of this. I'm super into the ghost stuff. There's a very live match on there. There's a casket match. Yep. Uh, there's also Shotzi's Choice, which has to come up. Listen, the the idea itself, like individually, fantastic. But you said this is a callback to a WCW thing, correct? Yeah. How many of these in a row are we going to do? Like, you're kind of overdoing it. Every now and then, cool. We had In Your House a couple months ago, and now we're doing, uh, like, ho- the Halloween uh, Havoc, and then we're doing the, the freaking wheel. Like, it's just, it's too much in a row. Justin, um, don't you dare poo-poo Halloween Havoc. I will have you know. I'm my not. first ever hollow, my first ever wrestling event ever in life was Halloween Havoc, where I got to see the glorious debut of the Yeti! So, listen, oh, this, is, this is tickling all of my nostalgia. Listen, though, the individual idea is not bad. I just don't like the timing. Like, so many in a row that we're just going to throw it back, throw it back to an old pay-per-view, old this, old that. Throw some original ideas, creative ideas in between those and space it out a little bit. That's all. I have a question. If we're if we're do, if they're doing a Chamber of Horrors match, does that mean that we're uh, electrocuting uh, uh, Abdullah the Butcher over again? Because that isn't know. that how the original ended. It was Abdullah the Butcher in the fucking electric chair. Yeah, this yeah. is getting a little silly, guys. Like, come on. That's how we have it. Have fun with it. Wait a minute. I, I'm Hang loving on. it more and more. I may actually skip AEW this week for, I mean, not skip AEW, but skip the live. Uh, I, I'm excited to see this. Uh, part of it is that I'm just a huge mark for Shotzi Blackheart, but this whole wheel of uh, misfortune thing sounds like it has the potential to be a lot of fun silliness, but I, I'm in for the silliness. I think that uh, Orange Cassidy is the greatest professional wrestler of our era, and I've spent oh a God, good portion of my week that. watching Danhausen videos. So stop you know where that. I stand. Housing. <laughs> All right, Erica, before this descends into chaos, we are at the end of our third round. Give us the points and let us know. Uh, I see you got your finger up. What's up? Yeah. Uh, can I get some clarification? Did Nate get two or three correct? Oh, I got all three. There was, I believe three. I thought so. I just wanted to make sure because, I, yes, yes, Justin, my, my sweet wanted, precious angel. Hi. I just wanted to correct Chuck. That was her pen, not her finger. That's all. Continue. Okay. Wow. Anywho, so before I here's because here's okay, the thing. Michael Cole, you f- what was that? I just Any- want to point out he said is eliminate, not exterminate. Fuck you, God! <laughs> Michael Cole does that so often. Justin, why would you do that to yourself? To the freak from out of nowhere, Justin oh trying God. to make a point, but is attacked by the freak. <laughs> the freak. The freak. Freak! He put freak. him in the freak accident. Oh my god! Oh man, I, I'm sorry. Justin, I'm sorry. Justin is, is, is on the surface he is a face, but secretly he's a heel. <laughs> he's a heel. Listen, I like to think of myself when it comes to that kind of stuff as Kevin Owens without the talent that he has because he is a face. But man, he'll get at anybody. It don't matter when it comes to sarcastic bullshit. 
it don't it don't matter face heel what your name is he'll get at anybody so all right erica where do we stand Anyway, like I was saying, because but here's the thing. I didn't want to get Nate's points wrong because I know Nate would fly off the goddamn handle. Goddamn right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, I don't need that shit in my life right now. I got enough on my plate. I don't need your bullshit too, Nate. Anyway, Nate's in the lead with nine points, followed by Justin with six and Shawnee with four. Uh, considering the final fall, very much up in the air at this point. Anything can happen right now. No, come on. Give the people what they want. Whose game is it, Erica? It's anyone's game at this point, dear. That's right. Thank you very much. That's what I was looking for. All right. As Erica was saying, our final fall, uh, because it worked so well last week, we're going to go around the room and allow you guys uh, a three strikes rule. So you can get three of these wrong, but you will get uh, two points each as we want you to name someone in the top 25 of PWI's Women's 100 Best Wrestlers of 2020 list. Okay, so PWI has a list. They just put out the 100 best wrestlers of 2020 in the women's division. And for two points each, uh, we will have you name someone in the top 25. We will start, as we always do, with who's got the lowest points. I believe that is uh, Mr. Shawnee Constant. So for two points, give us anybody on the list. Bailey. Correct. Bailey coming in at number one on that list. We'll move it over to uh, Justin. Wow. Um, Oscar. Oscar at number three. That is absolutely correct. Nate. Uh, Tessa Blanchard. Tessa Blanchard at number seven in the top 25 here. So everybody getting two points in the first go around. Back to you, Shawnee. Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks coming in at number five. How about you, uh, Justin? What do you got? Hikaru Shida. Hikaru Shida at number six. Very good. Uh, just er, Nate. Riho. Riho at number eight. Absolutely. You guys can't see my screen, can you? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Shawnee, back to you. Uh, Charlotte Flair. Uh, Charlotte Flair at number four. Yep, absolutely. Back to you, Uh, Nate, or Justin. Justin. um, Gosh, Charlotte was going to be my next guest. I'm going to go. Let's go Io Shirai. Io Shirai at number nine. Wow, you guys guys know your uh, top 25 women's wrestlers. Uh, We're back to Nate. Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch at number two. Uh, back to you, Shawnee. Ooh, that was a big that was a big one there. Um, oh my, Lana. <laughs> Lana is not in the top twenty-five. Not at all. That is that is one incorrect answer on your part. We'll move it over to Justin. <laughs> that was good. Uh, you made me forget my answer. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss, Alexa Bliss, Alexa Bliss. Surprisingly not in the top Whoa. 25. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Shocking. All right. Back to you, Nate. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my heart. Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox. No, unfortunately, also oh. not in the top 25. That's Still a, a lot of that's unfortunate, but uh yeah. RIP to her knee. And I'm trying yeah. to figure uh, out how Bailey's number one, but Alexa Bliss and Tegan Knox aren't on the list, but continue. So a lot of huge names still on this list that we've talked about on the show before. Uh, we're back to Sean. Uh, Britt Baker. Britt Baker coming in at number 22 in the top 25. Uh, Justin? I feel like this is uh, maybe a shot. Uh, Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley coming in at number 11 on this list. So that's two more points for you. Nate? Io Shirai. 
Io Shirai is in here. I just have to find her again. No, no, no. You have to find her again. She's already been guessed. You can't oh, guess yeah, again. Justin's already been guessed. Yeah, oh, really? oh, already been guessed. <laughs> so I believe each of you has one incorrect at this point. Am I right? <laughs> do we do we give Nate another chance since uh, he already named someone who's already been named? Because then now that, that would be two strikes for Nate if we don't. Chuck, what do you what do you say? Okay, that's. I'm sure the Sunshine Buddies have a problem with that. However, <laughs> I think we keep going. I think I think he takes. I think he takes the L. So that's the, Wait, so that, what? that's actually Nate. That's that would be a second strike for Nate then, because you all got one what strike. Okay? You all had one strike, and then Nate named somebody who's already been named. So okay. that would be strike two. Yeah. If because that's I, unfortunately, I believe I think that's that's how it should probably work. Okay. So let. Let's move it back over to uh, Shawnee. A Thunderosa. A Thunderosa coming in at number 14. How about you, uh, Justin? Um, let's... Come Nikki, on, pick that Nikki, brain. Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross coming in at number 20. Ooh, Nikki I, Cross is what? there, but Alexa Bliss is not. Never, that's yeah. bullshit. That is bull. Madness. I'm All right, back right. to you. Are you kidding me? Back to you, Nate. You still got about uh, looks like a, at least about ten or eleven names here. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, Kaylee Ray, Kaylee Ray at number eighteen. Good guess, uh, which is amazing considering somebody else that's on this list. Uh, back to you, Sean. Uh, Chris Statlander. Chris Statlander. Yeah, she's not going to be on there. No, unfortunately, she is not. Okay, so Shawnee uh, has two strikes now. All right, we're going back to uh, you, Justin. Uh, take another chance, but I only have one strike, so why not? Uh, Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai coming in at 24. Good guess. Uh, back to you, Nate. Shockingly low. Um, Candice LeRae. Candice, Candice, Candice. I could have swore I saw her on here, too. Yeah, to think. No. Wow. No. Wow. 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 Yeah, that is. That, there's some surprises on this list to be sure. Oh um, so that that uh, that puts Nate at three. Yep, three and he's out. Yeah, we'll go back to Sean. Oh boy, I think I'm just about out as well. I'm still reeling from Alexa Bliss not being on that list. That's shocking to me. Um, yeah. Uh, Pr- Priscilla Kelly. Priscilla, Priscilla, Priscilla. Unfortunately, no, not in the top twenty-five. So uh, that puts Sean. At- that puts Sean at two, correct? That no, that's that is three strikes for Shawnee. Ah. All right, so Justin, you're the only one left. Okay. Um. Wow. I'm starting to run out of names too. I'm this one I dealt because she's just getting going, but why not? Shotzi Blackheart. No Shotzi in this top twenty-five. I didn't think so. Um, but that's okay. Uh, for for those. Oh, do you? Uh, well, here's the thing. Both uh, Shawnee and Nate have a struck out with three wrong. You just have two wrong, however, and new. I don't know what our goddamn title name is anymore, but Justin, <laughs> buddy, Opal, congratulations, my friend. You are the oh, new, well whatever the title is. You can really ne- rename the title. That's the best thing about being the title holder. Oh rename it whatever the fuck you want. Who cares? This is, I don't even know what to say. I'm a little nervous. I can't come up with a name right now. For those of you playing along at home before we give everybody their 60 seconds, the names that we did not get in the top 25 include Allison K, 
Bianca Belair, Kyrie Sane, yes. Kylie Ray. Okay, yeah, uh, Kylie Ray should be in there. Yep. Uh, Taya Valkyrie, Nyla Rose, Kimberly, Shayna Baszler, Jordan Grace, and Mayu Iwatani. There's a okay. few names in there that should yeah. not be in the top. Should 25. not be in there, especially with a name. Again, I hate to go back to it because I know Shawnee said it. A name like Alexa Bliss, who yeah. is so established in what she has done, and you have sure. like Shayna Baszler, who in WWE has done next to nothing other than a tag title. That's that's insane. That's insane. Now I I have no problem with Shayna Baszler being on that list, but but, but with Alexa Bliss off of it, I don't. Like that doesn't add up for me. Yeah. Well, she is on the top 100. She just wasn't sure. in the top 25. Still but, right. But I agree. Yeah. Yep. But that's what lists are for, for you to look at and go, well, that's not right. Uh, Justin, congratulations on uh, winning, winning. I believe this is your second time as the champ. You've got 60 seconds on the clock. Go ahead and uh, let us know your thoughts. You know, it's this title looked a little iffy in the dark so to put some sunshine on it is going to be fantastic i'm going to take my time with the name because you know i don't want to rush into anything i really want to enjoy this one thing i do want to bring up real quick that we didn't talk too much about and i didn't get to last week is cody rhodes and AEW. this might be worse than what they did with triple h when he was still wrestling stop putting the title on him stop surrounding every storyline around him you did it right when you took the title off of him and gave it to Brody lee and then you disrespected it what two three weeks later and took it right off of him we do not need cody rhodes at the top of every damn storyline and that's why i made the comment that omega or Kingston should probably beat Moxley for the world title but down the line it's probably going to be cody rhodes because for some reason that's what AEW think is is their meal ticket, and that's what killed Impact. They did that with Jeff Jarrett, and if you continue to do it with Cody Rhodes, AEW is going to go away quick. That's my sixty. All right, uh, Nate, tough loss this week, but a well fought match. I would at least I think so. You got sixty seconds on the clock. What would you like to say to the people listening at home? Blah blah blah. Collusion, sunshine buddies, whatever. I want to actually directly respond to that because I think Cody uh, uh, winning back the TNT Championship is not the 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 worst thing in the world um I, I like honestly what really bothers me is that he had a competitive match with orange cassidy and i really thought about this uh in the last week because what uh, what i love about AEW is that it is somewhat in a, of an alternative to wwe but it also at times feels like wwe light and what i honest to god what i just wish they would do is more directly separate your comedy acts from your serious wrestling and it's just this this kind of going back and forth between the really ridiculous and then the very talented uh you know someone like cody rhodes that kind of whiplash does not work for me it's very frustrating as of and that's your 60 seconds uh (laughs) i love orange cassidy and i love i love that justin valentine is the new champ of this show congratulations champ great job buddy could not do it without your support i could not do it without your support thank you so much champ 
I have loved what WWE did this week in a shocking turn of events. I am not so sure that they will be able to keep it up, but uh, I know that I will be looking forward to The Fiend on Raw, and I know that I will be looking forward to Sweet Darling Baby KO finally meeting up with the love of his life, Sami Zayn, again. This Sami character, this ultimate heel he's playing versus KO for the first time as a baby face going out of this pandemic is the thing that I need to keep on living. All right. Uh, Erica, did you have anything you wanted to lay on the people before we uh, give our socials and get the hell out of here? Uh, yeah, I would like to one agree with Nate. Uh, there has to be like sort of differentiation between the comedy and, and I guess the, the serious ones. Uh, secondly, to address uh, just, with Cody holding that title. If you all recall, Cody Rhodes is not allowed to win the AEW World Championship title after I, it was, it was, I forgot. Yeah, it was our Jericho. MJF threw in the towel. Yeah, it, when MJF yeah. threw in the towel, that took away his opportunity to win that title. They're kind of centering the title around him. However, I would have liked to have seen Mr. Brody Lee hold that title for a bit longer. Cody has the best matches in AEW, hands down. So I don't think not using him on TV is the right way to go. No, I don't want to get rid of him, of course. I just think he doesn't need to be the center of everything. And, you know, I agree with you that he's over enough that I don't think he needs a title. But I think he also, at the same time, elevates a title. And the last thing, the last point is from what I've uh, from the discussions that I've heard, it sounds like they want to move Brody Lee more meaningfully into the main event position. So if, if that's what they're doing, that's great because Brody Lee has been fucking awesome. Like I've totally turned a corner on Brody Lee and really enjoy watching him every week. So if they're going to use, if they're going to use him better then by all means, take the title off of him, move him into the main event. It just doesn't make sense, though, because he was just in the world title picture, lost, then got a title and lost it two weeks later, and we give it right back to Cody. It's just, it's just it's too much Cody. It, and like I don't want to get rid of Cody by any means. He's great, but it's just too much Cody. It's disrespectful to the other stars, like a Kenny Omega who's been horribly written and not in these title pictures that we're just constantly giving that angle to Cody. Something I'm sure we'll talk about in the weeks to come. Erica, where can people find you online? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Erica underscore Bannis. Excellent. Shawnee, where can people find you online? People can find me on Instagram at Shawnee.constant, and they can find me uh, operating the One Fall Show social media channels. And, And by the way, uh, Shawnee, I, I do have to applaud you. You've been kicking ass at running the Twitter, and um, I, I have. It's one of those things where it shows up in my feed. I'm like, this is really funny, and I'm like, wait, that's the show's feed. Oh, god damn it, Shawnee, you're just great. <laughs> Nate, where can people find you online? You can find me at Nate Benderama on Twitter. You can find me streaming over at Twitch.tv/LimitBreakRadio. And Justin. Uh, all over social media at JV underscore sports underscore talk or JV sports talk.com. And my name is Chuck Bean. I've been your host for this week's one fall show. You can find me on Twitter, backslash Chizuck. And you can also find me on the nerd radio podcast, the talk order to me podcast, 
and uh, all of your social media at Chizuk Bean. Uh, it's been an honor and a pleasure, and I encourage you guys, as always, to rate and review us online wherever you're getting the One Fall Show podcast, and make sure you uh, send us an email if you think that uh, you can take on our new champ over at uh, One Fall Show at gmail.com and uh, make sure you check us out on Saturday afternoons over on Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream for Super Universe Mode. Have yourself a fantastic week. We'll talk to you next week with another One Fall Show. (laughs) This episode is long as fuck. Yeah. Uh, We need to get Nate so that he can see the videos and Chuck, you need to have a clock running for Nate and Erica will talk till the cows come home. You guys need a whole separate spinoff show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was too much personality. We need more sound bites. (laughs) (laughs) These damn audiograms. (laughs) I think it was a great show this week. I agree. All right, I'm going to drop the uh, the titles here, and then I have to pee, because you saw the, the water glass I've been drinking out of. Big-ass mug of water. Sure is. All right, um, The Fiend is You're why John Cena got married. True. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, The Fiend is why John Cena got married. Uh, hopefully Elias doesn't grow up to be a huge racist. <laughs> uh those clowns in the masks oh retribution (laughs) (laughs) that's that's a call out that's good (laughs) I like that one because it's sweet Um, oh you cut out what was that last one oh no the last one is married with children and chimpanzees equals raw booking <laughs> you know, that, that analogy was everything. I'm like, wow, that just. I, I, I'm glad that that came up. Oh, shit. Enjoy your pee. <laughs> go pee <laughs> can anyone hear me? Just can anyone pee. hear me? Yeah, now we can. Yeah, so now we can. This is like, <laughs> you're like Amelia Earhart plunging into the sea. <laughs>